Hello, this is Helga Edwards, and I'm here with my husband, Bob. Today, we will be reading Genesis 30, verse 25, to 31, verse 55, from the Good News Translation, today's English version. Beginning at Genesis 30, verse 25. After the birth of Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, Let me go, so that I can return home. Give me my wives and children that I have earned by working for you, and I will leave. You know how well I have served you. Laban said to him, Let me say this. I have learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. Name your wages, and I will pay them. Jacob answered, You know how I have worked for you, and how your flocks have prospered under my care. The little you had before I came has grown enormously, and the Lord has blessed you wherever I went. Now it is time for me to look out for my own interests. What shall I pay you? Laban asked. Jacob answered, I don't want any wages. I will continue to take care of your flocks if you agree to this suggestion. Let me go through all your flocks today and take every black lamb and every spotted or speckled young goat. That is all the wages I want. In the future, you can easily find out if I have been honest. When you come to check up on my wages, if I have any goat that isn't speckled or spotted, or any sheep that isn't black, you will know that it has been stolen. Laban answered, Agreed. We will do as you suggest. But that day, Laban removed the male goats that had stripes or spots, and all the females that were speckled and spotted, or which had white on them. He also removed all the black sheep. He put his sons in charge of them, and then went away from Jacob with this flock as far as he could travel in three days. Jacob took care of the rest of Laban's flocks. Jacob got green branches of poplar, almond, and plane trees, and stripped off some of the bark, so that the branches had white stripes on them. He placed these branches in front of the flocks at their drinking troughs. He put them there because the animals mated when they came to drink. So when the goats bred in front of the branches, they produced young that were streaked, speckled, and spotted. Jacob kept the sheep separate from the goats and made them face in the direction of the streaked and black animals of Laban's flock. In this way, he built up his own flock and kept it apart from Laban's. When the healthy animals were mating, Jacob put the branches in front of them at the drinking troughs so that they would breed among the branches. But he did not put the branches in front of the weak animals. Soon Laban had all the weak animals and Jacob all the healthy ones. In this way, Jacob became very wealthy. He had many flocks, slaves, camels, and donkeys. Jacob heard that Laban's sons were saying, Jacob has taken everything that belonged to our father. He got all his wealth from what our father owned. He also saw that Laban was no longer as friendly as he had been earlier. Then the Lord said to him, Go back to the land of your fathers and to your relatives. I will be with you. So Jacob sent word to Rachel and Leah to meet him in the field where his flocks were. He said to them, I have noticed that your father is not as friendly toward me as he used to be. But my father's God has been with me. You both know that I have worked for your father with all my strength. Yet he has cheated me and changed my wages ten times. But God did not let him harm me. 
whenever Laban said, The speckled goats shall be your wages, all the flocks produced speckled young. When he said, The striped goats shall be your wages, all the flocks produced striped young. God has taken flocks away from your father and given them to me. During the breeding season I had a dream, and I saw that the male goats that were mating were striped, spotted, and speckled. The angel of God spoke to me in the dream and said, Jacob. Yes, I answered. Look, he continued, all the male goats that are mating are striped, spotted, and speckled. I am making this happen, because I have seen all that Laban is doing to you. I am the God who appeared to you at Bethel, where you dedicated a stone as a memorial by pouring olive oil on it, and where you made a vow to me. Now get ready and go back to the land where you were born. Rachel and Leah answered Jacob, There is nothing left for us to inherit from our father. He treats us like foreigners. He sold us, and now he has spent all the money he was paid for us. All this wealth which God has taken from our father belongs to us and our children. Do whatever God has told you. So Jacob got ready to go back to his father in the land of Canaan. He put his children and his wives on the camels and drove all the flocks ahead of him with everything that he had gotten in Mesopotamia. Laban had gone to shear his sheep, and during his absence Rachel stole the household gods that belonged to her father. Jacob deceived Laban by not letting him know that he was leaving. He took everything he owned and left in a hurry. He crossed the Euphrates River and started for the hill country of Gilead. Three days later Laban was told that Jacob had fled. He took his men with him and pursued Jacob for seven days until he caught up with him in the hill country of Gilead. In a dream that night, God came to Laban and said to him, Be careful not to threaten Jacob in any way. Jacob had set up his camp on a mountain, and Laban set up his camp with his relatives in the hill country of Gilead. Laban said to Jacob, why did you deceive me and carry off my daughters like women captured in war? Why did you deceive me and slip away without telling me? If you had told me, I would have sent you on your way with rejoicing and singing to the music of tambourines and harps. You did not even let me kiss my grandchildren and my daughters goodbye. That was a foolish thing to do. I have the power to do you harm, but last night the God of your father warned me not to threaten you in any way. I know that you left because you were so anxious to get back home, but why did you steal my household gods? Jacob answered, I was afraid because I thought that you might take your daughters away from me. But if you find that anyone here has your gods, he will be put to death. Here, with our men as witnesses, look for anything that belongs to you and take what is yours. Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen Laban's gods. Laban went and searched Jacob's tent. Then he went into Leah's tent, and the tent of the two slave women, but he did not find his gods. Then he went into Rachel's tent. Rachel had taken the household gods and put them in a camel's saddlebag and was sitting on them. Laban searched through the whole tent, but did not find them. Rachel said to her father, Do not be angry with me, sir, but I am not able to stand up in your presence. I am having my monthly period. Laban searched, but did not find his household gods. Then Jacob lost his temper. What crime have I committed? he asked angrily. 
What law have I broken that gives you the right to hunt me down? Now that you have searched through all my belongings, what household article have you found that belongs to you? Put it out here where your men and mine can see it, and let them decide which one of us is right. I have been with you now for twenty years. Your sheep and your goats have not failed to reproduce, and I have not eaten any rams from your flocks. Whenever a sheep was killed by wild animals, I always bore the loss myself. I didn't take it to you to show that it was not my fault. You demanded that I make good anything that was stolen during the day or during the night. Many times I suffered from the heat during the day and from the cold at night. I was not able to sleep. It was like that for the whole twenty years I was with you. For fourteen years I have worked to win your two daughters and six years for your flocks. And even then you changed my wages ten times. If the God of my fathers, the God of Abraham and Isaac, had not been with me, you would have already sent me away empty-handed. But God has seen my trouble and the work I have done, and last night he gave his judgment. Laban answered Jacob, These young women are my daughters, their children belong to me, and these flocks are mine. In fact, everything you see here belongs to me. But since I can do nothing to keep my daughters and their children, I am ready to make an agreement with you. Let us make a pile of stones to remind us of our agreement. So Jacob got a stone and set it up as a memorial. He told his men to gather some rocks and pile them up. Then they ate a meal beside the pile of rocks. Laban named it Yegar Sahadutha, while Jacob named it Galid. Laban said to Jacob, this pile of rocks will be a reminder for both of us. That is why that place was named Galid. Laban also said, May the Lord keep an eye on us while we are separated from each other. So the place was also named Mitzpah. Laban went on, If you mistreat my daughters, or if you marry other women, even though I don't know about it, remember that God is watching us. Here are the rocks that I have piled up between us, and here is the memorial stone. Both this pile and this memorial stone are reminders. I will never go beyond this pile to attack you, and you must never go beyond it or beyond this memorial stone to attack me. The God of Abraham and the God of Nahor will judge between us. Then, in the name of God, whom his father Isaac worshipped, Jacob solemnly vowed to keep this promise. He killed an animal which he offered as a sacrifice on the mountain, and he invited his men to the meal. After they had eaten, they spent the night on the mountain. Early the next morning, Laban kissed his grandchildren and his daughters goodbye and left to go back home. Here ends our reading of Genesis chapters 30 and 31. In the story, we learn that Jacob's uncle Laban practiced divination and worshipped idols. In ancient Mesopotamia, where Jacob and Laban lived, one of the local gods represented by household idols was named Enki. Enki was worshipped as the god of fresh water and fertility. By divination, Laban learned that in order to be blessed, he must keep Jacob with him. Divination involved looking to gods or idols for secret information, often about the future. It is a practice that is later forbidden in the law that God reveals to Moses. 
The problem for Laban was that Jacob wanted to take his wives and the material goods Laban might owe him for his labors and return to the land of Canaan. Jacob proposed that he be given the black lambs and the spotted and speckled goats as his payment. As the story continues, we find that Jacob will also inherit the black, spotted, and speckled offspring of the flock. Laban thinks that he now has the means to keep Jacob, whom he views as the source of his good fortune, close to him forever. He will ensure that Jacob never has enough sheep and goats to survive on his own. Laban then secretly removed the black sheep and the spotted and speckled goats from the flock placing them in the care of his sons, three days' journey away from where Jacob usually tended the flock. In other words, Laban stacked the deck against Jacob. He removed from the flock the animals most likely to produce black, spotted, or speckled offspring. It is also likely that he had confidence in the fertility god Enki to ensure that the reproduction of the sheep and the goats went in Laban's favor. If Jacob was ever to leave, he would need a miracle. He would need a large flock of sheep and goats that were black, speckled, and spotted, and they would have to come from sheep and goats least likely to produce such offspring. In Genesis chapter 31, Jacob reveals that God had given him a dream about spotted and speckled livestock reproducing. In that dream, God may also have shown Jacob what he had to do. Jacob placed striped branches in the fresh water where the sheep and goats would go to drink and breed. When Jacob did this, against all odds, the sheep and goats gave birth to black, spotted, and speckled young. Jacob had his miracle, just as God's dream had revealed. Not only did God's intervention defy the odds of biology, it also defied the alleged power of Laban's idol over fresh water and fertility. God overcame Laban's treachery and the power of his false gods in dramatic fashion. A similar confrontation takes place later in the Bible when God works through Moses and Aaron to overcome the sorcery of Egyptian magicians. The leader of Egypt was bent on keeping the descendants of Jacob, also known as Israel, as his slaves. Just as Laban was unwilling to let Jacob go to the land of Canaan, so too was Pharaoh unwilling to let the nation of Israel return to Canaan. Pharaoh's magicians tried to enforce the will of their leader by supernatural means. They threw down their staffs, which magically turned into serpents. God demonstrated that he was more powerful than the Egyptian gods by having Aaron throw down his own staff. The serpent from Aaron's staff devoured all of the Egyptian serpents. We find that story in Exodus chapter 7. Just as God's miraculous intervention eventually thwarted Pharaoh, so too did God's intervention thwart Laban. Jacob bred enough black, spotted and speckled livestock to take his family and return to Canaan. Not expecting a favorable response from Laban, Jacob left secretly. His wives, Leah and Rachel, agreed to go with him. Unbeknownst to Jacob, however, Rachel also stole from Laban their household gods and hid them in her saddlebag. While the Bible doesn't tell us exactly what motivated Rachel to do this, 
an article by Sidney Smith in the Journal of Theological Studies suggests that her actions may have had prophetic significance. Laban had biological sons. According to Mesopotamian custom, his oldest son should have been named as his heir. This son would have then received the largest portion of Laban's flocks. According to the laws written on an ancient Mesopotamian tablet, the status of heir was conferred upon the oldest son by passing the household gods to him as a gift. In the case of Jacob, who would later be named Israel, God's intervention overruled this law. Jacob received the largest portion of Laban's flocks, not by virtue of being the oldest male child in Laban's lineage, but because he had faith in God's promise. God showed Jacob that he would receive an inheritance of livestock, despite Laban's best efforts to prevent this. Jacob believed God, and his faith was rewarded. He was liberated from a life of service to Laban, and set free to return to the land of Canaan, the land God had promised to Abraham and his descendants. In the New Testament Gospel of John, chapter 8, we find a relevant conversation between Jesus and the religious leaders of his day. They believed that they would be blessed by God simply because they were the biological descendants of Abraham. Jesus tried to tell them that God's kingdom does not work that way. He explained that anyone can become an honored member of God's family through faith. In Ephesians chapter 2 and Galatians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul explains that anyone who has faith in Jesus Christ can inherit all the blessings God promised to the family of Israel. God will be our God, and we will be his people. We can enjoy his love and presence in our lives and learn to love one another as God has loved us. Our sins will be forgiven, and God will take us to a promised land when we die. Our promised land, however, is not Canaan. It is heaven, where everyone who trusts and follows Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord will live in the presence of God forever.